host, Kirk Kinsey, and tonight I am by myself. Josh is in Las Vegas, enjoying some time, and uh, most of us are not enjoying our time. So I figured I'd get on here. We uh, we could talk about a few different things that, that I saw tonight, answer some questions, and then move on to an in-depth analysis. Uh, since we last spoke, LAFC also lost 2-0 to the Galaxy, so it's been a rough I don't know, seven or eight days. I don't remember when they played the Galaxy, either last Saturday or Sunday. Um, this was ugly again tonight. Better than against the Galaxy, but uh, man, so frustrating to watch given the way we've become accustomed to seeing LAFC play. Tonight, uh, they came, team came out. A few changes to the lineup. Danilo Silva started. Jose Cifuente started. And then everything else is pretty much the same, uh, you know, what we're used to um, in, in Vela and Atuesta's absence. So game starts, looks okay. Uh, and then it gets to run a play. Latif Blessing spends too much time on the ball, gets dispossessed by Jordan Morris, who uh, is clearly much faster than Latif thought he was. And counterattacking goal from Rui Diaz from, I don't know, 30, 35 meters out. Excellent strike. Um, and this is one of those things that we've become, uh, we've become used to, or at least we should, we should, you should be used to it. Uh, this is nothing new. Latif Blessing dancing on the ball through the midfield, being dispossessed, and a counterattacking goal happening right away. Unfortunately, this isn't anything necessarily new. We've seen it, uh, we saw it plenty of times last year, especially against the Galaxy, and we've seen it especially this year. And I think it's right now being magnified because of the disorganization that the back line is, is demonstrating. It's also more pronounced because Atuesta is out. Lots is, lots is being made on Twitter tonight about Atuesta being the actual MVP of the team and kind of the, the thing that makes it all tick. And that's, that's certainly true. Um, you'll find no argument for me there. What I hope people then go and infer because of that is that Mark Anthony Kay and Latif Blessing are limited in what they can do. They're not going to be able to carry a midfield, especially against a great team like Seattle. Um, and that's just something that we have to accept. It's okay. It's, it's not dogging our players. It's not trying to put them down or saying they need to be sold off or whatever. It's just that they are limited. And when they're paired with somebody like Edward Atuesta, they look much better than they than they otherwise would be. So to put it another way, the sum of their parts is much greater than they are individually. Um, the other thing that I mentioned was that they, you know, when they when they expose a back line of Stephen Betashore, Walker Zimmerman, Eddie Segura, and Jordan Harvey, it's not going to be as devastating. But when your back line is Tristan Blackman, who hasn't been tracking back like he should be when it, when it involves Danilo Silva, who's subbed off in the 37th minute. Um, Eddie Segura, again, is the only mainstay, and then Diego Palacios is still trying to find his way. He's a young kid um, trying to find his way not only in a new club but a new country. So um, there, there are going to be plenty of mistakes. And if, if that back line isn't there to put out the fires that the midfield is creating – then it's going to be even more of a problem. I saw something, um, I think it was Alicia Rodriguez tweeted out uh, a, a quote from Bob uh, in his in his post-game 
press conference saying that uh, Brian Rodriguez has to be better. And that, to me, um, is fine. But Brian Rodriguez is not a magician. Brian Rodriguez is not going to win you an MLS Cup on his shoulders. He's not Lionel Messi. He's not Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not Carlos Vela. And that's okay. That's not what you're paying him to be. You're paying him to be a dangerous supporting winger. And to expect him to carry an entire team when the midfield and the back line and the keeper even looks like it does is completely unfair. Just utterly and completely unfair. Uh, and it's it's not okay to ask that of Brian Rodriguez. It's not okay to ask that of Carlos Vela, to be honest. Um, so for me, uh, I who is a big Bob Bradley fan, I don't appreciate that. That to me, that's coach speak, um, and it's a little too easy to scapegoat Brian Rodriguez because he's not scoring like Vela does, uh, despite his his high transfer fee. Um, let's see, what else did I see tonight? Um, in, in, uh, in positive news, Christian Torres gets his first appearance. So that's our first homegrown player taking the field. That was fantastic. Jose Cifuentes, I thought was the bright spot in the midfield, still like lost and disjointed from the other two sometimes, but, um, you know, he looked good getting forward. He's physical, uh, which I think is something that this team desperately needs at this point. Um, even though I think Christian Roldan bossed him like into the into the ad board on the side of you know probably seventy fifth minute or so, um, I thought that was interesting that he just kind of let that happen. And then of course Mark Anthony K to the rescue immediately after is is receiving a yellow card for a tough tackle on on Roldan. Um, so so yeah, Cifuentes looked good. Christian Torres gets on. Diego Rossi scores a goal. After uh, after Cifuentes gets out of the break, I think Cifuentes had the assist and BWP would have had the hockey assist on that one. So overall, I mean, that, that counterattacking opportunity was against, it seemed like it was against the run of play, um, was well executed, and uh, it was good to see Cifuentes involved in a goal like that. Um, that's, I mean, we can we can complain all we want about not having Vela and Atuesta, but uh, we're not going to get them. Uh, Vela, I think, is out until October. Atuesta's out for a couple more weeks, and it will be good to have him back. Um, but LAFC really needs some of these other midfielders to come on and to push Mark Anthony K and Latif Blessing either up or out of the lineup. And that may sound harsh, but... Uh, at this point, at this point, it's got to happen. I don't think, I don't think it's arguable that defensively LAFC is anywhere near what they have been, uh, and I don't think it's arguable that it's just the back line. The back line, yes, is bad, but one of the reasons they look so bad is again because they keep getting exposed over and over and over from either bad giveaways because somebody's taking too long on the ball. Somebody's forcing a pass that they don't need to, or somebody's not tracking back and covering. And I felt like we saw all of those different things happen on all three Seattle goals tonight. Um, I figured we'd get into some questions. We have five or six questions here. Uh, first one is from at Raiders IG. 
Why can't Bob fix the counter? It's the same story weekly. It is. It is. And I think the book is out. For me, this is this is how you attack LAFC. Is you man mark Atuesta, or in this case, you just make sure that he's not playing because he's not. And then you force the LAFC midfield to make a bad a bad pass. So you, you can press them. You don't even have to press too too far off the pitch. You can you can put a little bit of pressure on them in the middle. And Mark Anthony K and Latif Blessing will uh, will turn the ball over. Not every time. I'm not saying they're terrible players, um, but they will turn the ball over. And when you do, it's likely that you can play the ball behind one of the fullbacks or in front of one of the fullbacks and then pivot off of that as the midfield is slow to recover. Um, and that, I mean, that's what you saw. So Latif Blessing dribbling the ball out slowly. Jordan Morris, hardworking, runs all the way back, takes the ball, and I think plays an outlet to Lodero. And then go, goes back to the middle. Uh, and as they're recovering, Rui Diaz picks up his head, Vermeer's off his line, boom, 35, you know, 35-yard screamer. Um, and then obviously the two counterattacking goals right off the bat in the second half. Uh, and it's the same kind of thing, right? It's it's a bad giveaway in the middle, and everybody's off to the races, and it's difficult to, uh, to defend, one, in transition, and two, if people aren't actually transitioning. And you, you don't need a team to be Atletico Madrid in order to in order to defend well in transition, but you have to be better than what LAFC have been lately. Uh, go check out Vince LaRosa's Twitter feed. He's got a couple of pictures up about the team's shape when they've been giving the ball away. Um, and it's it's not good. It, it explains almost everything you need to know about why they're giving up goals on the counter. Um, let's see here. Next one from at Travis Helwig. Are we bad? Uh, this is a good question because, uh, yeah, right now we're bad. We've we've suffered what three bad defeats now in a row. I think maybe there may have been a draw in there somewhere. Uh, but if you look at Orlando and then Galaxy and now Seattle, these are bad. These are bad losses. Um, and they're coming in a similar way where you're giving up bad set pieces, bad transition goals, uh, and you're not scoring enough either. Um, in the last two games, LFC's only got one goal and they've given up five. That is bad soccer. Um, and again, for all the reasons that we've already discussed, the midfield is not looking good and Atuesta's presence is certainly, is certainly missed there. Um, but part of, part of Atuesta being missed so much is the fact that he papers over so many of the other concerns on the team. Um, so yeah, right now we're bad and we're not, we're not creating chances. We're not stopping chances. And it seems like there's not a whole lot of answers to be had out there. Uh, I don't think the team is far from being good. Just a few weeks ago, we were dancing on Seattle's grave, uh, after, just absolutely dismantling them. Um, again, that was with Atuesta, and you know, after having played a handful of matches in the in the tournament, so I think they were they were clicking a little more. I don't know what the training sessions have looked like since they've been back in in Los Angeles, but hopefully they can get it back. If it were me trying to make the team better, 
I'd be signing a center back tomorrow. And then I'd be forcing Blackman and Andy Nahar to battle it out for that second, you know, for whatever, whoever's going to play right back. And uh, I'd be, I'd be really trying to create as much competition in the midfield as possible between Mark Anthony K, Latif Blessing, and maybe even throw Latif in at the, you know, as part of the right back competition. I don't know. I don't know what you do with him. Um, but certainly there needs to be more competition when it comes to the midfield because the way they've looked the past two matches, it seems like everybody's taking their position for granted and nobody's nobody's working hard, as hard as they as they have in the past. So I hope that answers your question, Travis. Uh, next one from Jonathan Evans at Evans at Law. Mentally, where is this team? I don't know. Orlando still. I'd honestly say, John, uh, it's it's tough. It's tough to say because they do look rudderless out there, um, uh, and it seems to be bigger than missing Bela Atuesta to me because I, we haven't looked the same all year. So I don't know if this is like a COVID thing. And I mean, if it is, that's understandable. This is just a bizarre season and nobody quite knows how to deal with it. And there's going to be some opportunistic team that's out there that's going to see it as, you know, this is our chance. And maybe that's what Orlando's doing, but I, I, I don't know. Um, but to me, it seems, it seems like they lack a little bit in uh, the desire to make it happen this year. Uh, that's a pretty... I guess you could say that's a pretty bold accusation, but uh, to me, it's understandable if they don't want to be out there. Um, but I, I don't know how else to explain the lackadaisical efforts that we keep seeing time in and time again. Um, next one at John Lang PhD. I'm generally a Blackman fan, more at center back than right back, but the last few at right back, he seems a bit lost, not marking slow to pressure, Allows easy crosses and almost never tracks back. I think it's better he's up high, but it seems like he just doesn't transition. So what's up? This is good because I, I do agree. I like Tristan Blackman in the attack. I think he makes smart runs. I think he's good in the attack. Um, but I have noticed, similar to the midfield, he, does, he doesn't track back like I expect him to when the ball's turned over. And again, there could be... Uh, especially in a season like this, a hundred reasons why that's happening. Uh, maybe he's not fit and maybe that's a, a result of not training because of COVID. Um, maybe it's that he doesn't, he doesn't, he just doesn't have it in him to track back like that. Maybe he really does want to move to center back and he's tired of being out at right back, just filling in until Andy Nahar gets healthy. Um, uh, there's a, there's a multitude of reasons that it could be. Um, but you are right, John, that it's not, it's not good enough defensively. Um, I think he, at times he looks good one-on-one -on -one, and at other times he gets blown by really easily. So it's, t it's tough to say. I do think eventually he will make a good center back, uh, because of his physical profile and just his sheer, like the sheer athleticism. A few weeks ago, we had Vince on Vince LaRosa on the podcast, and he was talking about uh, uh, a Sergio Ramos comparison. Not that he is uh, Sergio or that he is that good or even, you know, a fraction of what Sergio Ramos is, but just that same kind of, if you need an emergency clearance, he's going to make it. 
And I do trust him to do that. I do, I do trust him to pull a rabbit out of his hat every once in a while and, uh, and bail out the team. But I, I think it might be asking a little much of him to patrol the entire wing and always track back and, and always be able to recover and put out the fires. And maybe with Optuesta back, somebody who's more, who's going to read the game a little bit better than what we currently have in the midfield, who's going to stay back a little bit more uh, when Blackman gets forward and is going to shift over into that space on in transition. Maybe that'll help. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what the answer is if, uh, because I don't know when we're going to get Andy Nahar back or if he's even going to have what he used to have. All right. Next one, Al Hopkins at Culver City Al. Three shots on goal conceded, three goals given. Uh, we need to find those final passes to get quality shots on goal. Positive take. They could have given up and it could have been four or five to nothing. Instead, they kept the possession and made it 3-1. Yeah, I mean, they did. They certainly stopped the bleeding. Uh, I mean, they went into the half and it was 1-0. And, you know, they came back out at half and it was 3-0 before anybody could really even blink. And they were able to shut, you know, stop the bleeding, steal a goal back. And they did uh, possess the ball better. I think that largely had to do with Seattle just ready to kill the game off, knowing that they had it won. Um, and uh, Al, you are right that they do need to be better on those final passes. This is where I will critique uh, Brian Rodriguez, as I think some of his play is a bit predictable on the left wing, especially uh, where he's always looking to cut it back on his right foot. And just for once or twice a game, I would love to see him take the ball to the line, get close to goal and cut one back to the penalty spot. I think even just showing that a couple times is going to help open up some more space because right now everybody knows he's going to faint left and then cut back in on his right foot. Uh, and it's a little bit too easy for people to defend. So uh, I would, I would love to, I would love to share that positive take wholeheartedly, but uh, I don't know that I'm there. So good on you for staying so optimistic Al. Uh, next one at Christy Alley, a thousand times better than the Galaxy game, but Latif at fault for losing the ball for two goals. Blackman all over the place, goalkeeping woes. Matt can't play 90 and, and confidence at an all time low. Rossi dropped deep and played well, but we got to service BWP. All right, there's a lot there, um, but it's a lot of good stuff too. So Latif at fault for losing the ball on two of the goals, that's absolutely true. And, it's something that Josh and I, again, have been talking about for the past year, I, I feel. Ever since the, the we started this podcast, it's one of those things that we've always harped on. Uh, his decision-making on the ball is suspect. And the thing with Latif is he's so good in the press and making tackles. And he'll have two or three passes a game that make you go, oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's why we have him here. Uh, so those qualities and those two or three passes a game often, uh, I feel, exonerate him from some, of his, uh, from some of his mistakes. And we tend to overlook them because, hey, it's Latif. He's putting in a great effort. Um, he's making all these tackles. He's making it really hard for the defense to play out of the back. 
And, you know, he did have this on this one pass, this, these two passes that completely unlocked the defense and led to a goal. Um, but he is a liability and he's going to give up the ball in bad spots. Just like we saw again, the, the one that always comes to mind for me is last year against the galaxy. when he's trying to dribble out and it's just, I mean, it's like a one, one or two passes and Christian Pavone is in on goal. Uh, as a result, the next uh, next part from uh, this tweet says Matt can't play ninety. And the more that I think, I, I'm trying to think it as I as I speak here. Sorry, that I it, it does seem to me that Matt gets subbed out, and I'm not sure that I've really given that much thought. Um, is he truly fit? Is a good question. Or is he just the one that Bob feels like, well, he's the one that can come out right now. Uh, and where like the easy, he plays in the easiest spot in the midfield for me to slot in Bryce Duke or whoever it is that he wants to bring in. That's a really good question. Rossi dropping deep. I think, I think when Adrian Perez came on, Rossi moved to the 10 until BWP came off. Um, and then after that, it was it was honestly tough for me to know what was going on because they were just throwing so many numbers forward. But I think for, I don't know, 10 minutes or so when when you had Rodriguez and BWP and Adrian Perez up top, Rossi was playing the 10. And he was dropping really deep to come in and get, in, get on the ball. And to be completely fair, this is exactly what LAFC needed because uh, Latif and, and Mark and VK weren't getting it done offensively. Um, so... Those are all the questions we have for tonight. Again, this isn't to come out here and uh, be overly negative about the team. It's, I feel like there are some trends that we've been talking about for so long and they're finally really starting to be exposed. I think Galaxy last year, the ones that put out the book on how to beat us with man marking out to West with Fabio Alvarez and then countering, and then the Sounders did a good job in the playoffs, obviously, with that big win. And I think you've seen kind of the same thing. Every time LAFC has lost since then, um, almost every time, it, it, Minnesota did it differently. Um, but we've seen a lot of teams play the same type of, of game against us and have a lot of success. And it's going to be one of those tactical challenges. I know that Bob is big on playing our football and I respect that. And that's honestly how I prefer that he coaches the team Um, where we just go in and we say, look, we're better. If we play the way that we are capable of playing, we're going to win because I think that's an accurate statement, but I do think he might have to start making shifts here and there um, to the point where maybe it's not exactly a 4-3-3, maybe it's a 4-5-1 with the wingers coming back and helping defend a little bit more given the state of our, our midfield and the back line. Um, you know, or, or maybe it's more of a 4-2-3-1 where we have, uh, which again, I, I just said 4-5-1, tomato, tomato, um, where we have Latif Blessing staying at home and Mac is up at the 10 or vice versa, however it is. Um, so we have two defensive midfielders providing cover to the to a shaky back line. 
And maybe that helps unlock the fullbacks a little bit more in the way that Bob wants to. Um, again, not changing things drastically. You're still trotting out the same personnel in the same general position, just making a few minor tweaks here and there to make sure that the team is defensively sound. Um, the other thing is uh, when Atuesta is there, they're going to be better in possession because Atuesta is much better on the ball. Um, he's going. He's he's much more of a metronome, a guy that's going to make sure that the tempo of the team is correct, who's somebody who's able to put his foot on the ball, pick up his head, make the right pass, or spin away from pressure. Um, he's, he's just uh, he's just a much more calming presence in the midfield than the other two. Um, and again, that's all right. That's all right. If he does make this move to Ajax, it's been rumored. Uh, I haven't seen anything on it in a couple of weeks, so I don't know if it's still out there or not, but uh, then this is going to be a long season or at least a long transfer window until they bring in some ready-made solution because I don't think Janela's ready for it. Um, I think Janela is ready for starter minutes, but I don't think at the six. I think he's, I think for me, he's a better eight. And I think Sefuentes is a better uh, anti-10. Um, but I guess we'll see what the team does. So thank you for listening. I'm sorry if it was if it was a tough listen as I just talked to myself and uh, my my kid's new cat in the room with me. Uh, it's a it's a new experience. I I should mention they did name him Diego. Uh, of course, after Diego Rossi. They tried to convince me into adopting his little brother as well uh, because they wanted a Diego and a Carlos. So just in case you were wondering if we're still LAFC fans, yes, of course we are. Uh, but it's just uh, it's not as fun the past couple weeks as it, as it normally is. But that's all I have for tonight. You can tweet at us at counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey. And Josh will be back in the next episode to uh, either break this one down in depth or... We're after the next match.